Open your Bibles, if you would please, to 1 Peter chapter 1. We're going to read verses 13 through 16. The title of my message this morning is, Living Holy in an Unholy World. Living Holy in an Unholy World. Man, what a, what a great message people need to hear. That it is possible to live holy in this unholy world. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13 through 16, out of the Passion Translation of the Word of God says this, Wherefore, gird, gird up your loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as he which has called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy." Let me read to you out of, another, out of another version, out of the Amplified Version, 1 Peter 1, 13 through 16. So then prepare ye your hearts and minds for action. Stay alert and fix your hope firmly on the marvelous grace that is coming to you. For when Jesus Christ is unveiled, a greater measure of grace will be released to you. As God's obedient children, never again shape your lives by the desires that you followed when you didn't know better. Instead, shape your lives to become like the Holy One who called you. For the scripture says you are to be holy because I am holy. What does the word holy mean? The word holy means means this, consecrated or set apart, pure in heart and action. Now we're working our salvation out with fear and trembling. The, the key issue is it's the blatant doing of sin. I, I give you an example. I think the other day, you know, sometimes people post, post pretty nasty things on feeds. Did you know that? I mean, they really, really do. I mean, you try to guard yourself and all that kind of stuff. So I'm just going down the home feed and suddenly I see this nasty, no good, ungodly, holy smoking coals from the altar of God. And of course, then you click it off and you delete it and you, then you report it and all that kind of stuff and they remove it. So watch that. That's a big difference. You see something, that's a big difference than you going after it. Yeah. See, if something happens, it comes across. Hello. And you're like, oh Jesus, hallelujah, glory, glory, glory. <laughs> Come on, hello. It's out there. It's out there. You can't help it. If you go to Europe, it's open. Open beaches, open all kinds of stuff. Hello? But you wouldn't be found at a beach that does that. Come on, hello somebody. Amen. Difference between passing the beach, hello? Yes. No soul winning on that beach, praise God. Amen. Come on, hello? You, you, you don't go down in front of Joe Redner's building to try to soul win, men. Ladies, different story. Men? Come on. Come on, hello? Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Yeah. So there's a big difference. If you come across something and you're like, in the name of Jesus, please forgive me. Oh my gosh, didn't mean to. Amen. And then going after it. Big difference. Number one, it starts with becoming a new creation. How do you stay holy in an unholy world? It starts with a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, Now, if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become an entirely new creation. And all that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything has become fresh and new. So you have to rely on being born again. You are a new creation in Christ. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now we know this to be true because in the book of Hebrews, chapter 2 and verse 1 says, We should take the most earnest heed to those things in which we hear, lest at any time we let them slip. 
It's just unfortunately sometimes with us, we can get casual and get comfortable. And we can't be casual and comfortable. We always have to be ready. Amen. We have to be watchful. We have to not be ignorant of the devil's devices. Amen. See, if you become stronger in your strengths, hello, then your weaknesses will be displaced. Amen. Come on, get stronger in your strengths and your weaknesses will be displaced. And everyone in here has a weakness in which Satan tries to capitalize on. Once you're born again, watch this, once you're born again, that's just the beginning. Then what happens? Mind renewal. Mind renewal takes place. You have to begin to renew your mind. Romans 12.2 says, Be not conformed to this world, uh, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you have to renew your mind. Listen, you're either renewing your mind to the world or you're renewing your mind to the Word. But we're renewing our mind every single day. And that's the reason why the enemy will fight you so hard. Listen, if he can't get you to compromise and sin, then he'll begin to drive you. You'll be driven. He'll make you so busy that you're, not, you're missing your word time, you're missing your Bible study time, you're missing your prayer time, you're missing your, your, your praise time. And these are tools in your belt to keep you pure and holy. Romans 12.2, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. Let me read that to you one more time. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. We are to transform society. Society is not to transform us. We are to transform society. I think the idea is, is that you renew your mind so much that you realize that you are an alien in this world. And when you see others that are just sheep going to the slaughter, you're not joining in with them. No matter what they say. You, I mean, like a few weeks ago, you know, we, we did the Gasparilla, and there was 300,000 people on Bayshore. You, you wouldn't believe the Atohu Bahu that was going on. Total chaos. I mean, smoking pot, I mean, open container, I mean, everything was going on. And then you begin to think, wow, how in the world? I mean, why do these people think this is so much fun? I mean, I have no idea. And you begin to look at it, and then you start to tear up because you're like, they're going off the cliff. They're going over the edge. We were sitting and talking, having devotions the other day on the couch, and I was telling her that, my, my God, and then, I thought, and, then I, and then I had a vision of them just going over the cliff, the blind leading the blind, going over the cliff. And then I started to tear up and thought, my gosh, truly the harvest is ready and it's plenteous, but the laborers are few. So you begin to look, and then when people cut you off in traffic and they give you the digit as they're smiling as they're going by, you don't get upset. It doesn't make you mad because that person's got issues. Hello. When, they, when, when, when people are cussing you and, they're cu- and calling you all kinds of things and they're talking about your family members and all that kind of stuff, it doesn't bother you, hello, because that person has the issue. They, they got the issues. You don't have the issue. You have the answer. Amen. You don't, i say that one more time. You don't have the issue. You have the answer. Can you say amen? And his name is Jesus. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. Watch this. But be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. So how are you going to live holy in an unholy world? By changing the way you think. And the only way you change the way you think is by mind renewal. You have to renew your mind to the Word of God. Hallelujah. Renew your mind to the Word of God. He goes on to say here, this will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. 
Let me read to you again. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. So let me read the whole scripture to you, Romans 12 too. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will. So in other words, if you renew your mind to the word of God, you will be able to discern God's will for your life. Isn't that good? It's good words. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. So when he says, come out from among them, he means come out from among them. Listen, you may be in the world, but you are not of the world. You've come out of the world. When you got born again, you came out of the world. Number two. So number one, it starts with being a new creation. Number two, separation from the world, but not taken out of the world. It's separation from the world, but not taken out. And now listen, you have to be really, really careful because then you can get religious and religiously pious. And God doesn't want you to be religiously pious. Can you say amen? He doesn't want you religiously pious. No. He wants you relationship with Him, and He wants you to lead others. Be an example to others. Let your light so shine before men. Hello. Live your life so holy and pure, and you don't even have to say anything. They'll say something to you. They'll say something. What is it different about you? Why are you like that? What's so, you know, you, you know? And sometimes persecution can come very subtle. Did you know that? Just by a comment. Why are you always hanging around Christians? That's persecution. Why are you inviting Christians to come be with us? That's persecution. Just because they're not hitting you with sticks and stones. They can't hit you with sticks and stones. The persecution that we get in the United States of America is by words. They'll talk behind your back. Say all kind of ungodly things about you. That's the persecution that we get. Hello, they can't hit you with a stick because it's assault. They go to jail or get sued. But they'll say things to you. Come on. And they're watching. People are watching. They're waiting for you to mess up. Come on. Hello. That's okay. One of the cool things is we have 1 John 1, 9. We confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's good news. Because there's not a one of us that are perfect, even though we have the perfect one living on the inside of us. Separation from the world but not taken out of the world. In John 17, 15 through 17, it says this, I am not at Jesus speaking. I am not asking that you remove them from the world, but I ask that you guard their hearts from evil. That God himself will guard your heart from evil. Oh, you serious? You mean to tell me that the God of the universe will help me and guard me from doing evil? Absolutely. It's called the grace of God that you can rely on. Hello, when evil comes knocking on the door, in the name of Jesus. That's what you got to say. In the name of Jesus. Y'all are looking at me really funny. Hello, come on. Listen, it's the keeping power of God. God will keep you in his right hand. Come on. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Hello. I'll carry you through. It's the keeping power of Almighty God. I rely on it heavily. Heavily. Because of the weaknesses that are in my life. And I know the weaknesses and so does the devil. Devil doesn't, doesn't tempt me in my strengths. Tempts me in my weaknesses. He knows my past, but guess what? I know his future. Can you say amen? 
Hallelujah. Yeah, if the devil reminds you of your past, remind him of his future. What are you going to do when that big angel going to come, tie that ball and chain around your ankle and throw you into the bottom of his pit, bub? Hallelujah. John 17, 15 through 17. I'm not asking you that you remove them from the world, but I ask that you guard their hearts from evil, for they no longer belong to this world any more than I do. Your word is truth, so make them holy by your truth. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free in a world that does not know what truth is. 1 Chronicles 4.10, very familiar scripture. This is the prayer of Jabez. Watch what he says here. And Jabez called out to the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my coast, and that thy hand might be with me, that thou wouldest keep me from evil that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that, they might not, that I might not grieve me, and God granted him his request. So if God granted Jabez the request that he prayed, why wouldn't he grant you the same request if you prayed the same way? He's no respect of a person's. What he does for one, he'll do for another. Life is about choices. The choices that we have made yesterday determine where we're in our life today. And the choices that we make today determine what our life is about tomorrow. Because life is about choices. God gave you two free gifts. One, the gift of life. You're going to live forever. You're never going to die. You just transfer locations. You transfer bodies. Hello. And then he gave you the gift of a free will. He will never override a human being's free will, ever. There will be only one day, and that will be at the right throne judgment, where the Bible says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. It doesn't matter if you're Buddhist, Hindu, Islam, whatever, Satanist, Hare Krishna, whatever. That's the only time. And then there will be a time and period where we will not know evil. Come on, now we'll be back to the original time of Adam and Eve when they did not know evil before they sinned. And so even now, even the angels are sealed. Okay? They, they, they do not know evil. The angels do not know evil. And they cannot make a choice to rather be in Satan's kingdom. There is a sealing that will take place in our hearts. So he says, Jabez called out to God of Israel saying, Oh, thou wouldest bless me indeed. So what would you, how, do, how would you pray this? Say, Father, I just thank you that you bless me. You bless me indeed, Lord. I thank you that you enlarge my territory. Father, I thank you that your hand is upon me and that you would keep me from evil so that I might not cause myself pain and I might not cause you pain. And the Lord answered his prayer. You can pray that prayer. Hallelujah. I pray that prayer. Amen. That's, a good, that's good news. 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17 says this. Don't set your affections of your heart on this world or in loving the things of the world. The love of the Father and the love of the world are incompatible. For all that is in the world that can offer us the gratification of our flesh, the allurement, allurement of things of the world, and obsession with the status of importance, none of these things come from the Father but from the world. This world and its desires are in the process of passing away, but those who love to do the will of God will live forever. So listen, God would never ask you to give up something without replacing it with better. How wonderful it is to wake up in the morning knowing that you're not in will for sin. That's a wonderful thing. When you can wake up with joy. 
And you're not fighting this. You're not feeling bad. And you're not feeling conviction or condemnation. Excuse me, not conviction. Condemnation. Because you have to understand that conviction comes before the act is done. Then afterwards, condemnation will come. And he convicts you with love. He'll prompt you. Actually, you know what? God kind of sometimes warns me. And I, my spirit man will jump on the inside of me. And I feel it. Yes. Yeah. It'll jump. Your baby will jump. Praise God. Amen. I feel it on the inside of me, the center of my being, right here in my spirit, man. I'm about to make a mistake. He's like, I can feel the impression. Yeah. I've actually, my, my belly has actually jumped. Yeah. Well, is that scriptural? Come on now. When, yeah. Hello? Yeah. John the Baptist leaped. <laughs> Come on, leaped. She saw Mary. Come on, hello, somebody. Spirit of the living God, hallelujah. Luke chapter 9, verse 23 through 25 says this. Jesus said to all of his followers, If you truly desire to be my disciple, you must disown your life completely. Embrace my cross as your own and surrender to my ways. For if you choose self-sacrifice, giving up your lives for my glory, you will embark on a discovery of more and more true to life. But if you choose to keep your lives for yourselves, you will lose what you try to keep. Even if you gained all the wealth and power of this this world, everything it could offer you, yet you lose your soul in the process, what good is that? So what profit a man if he gains everything, fame, fortune, women, men, and lose your soul? Because everything is passing away. The only thing that you can take with you when you die is one thing and one thing alone, and that's souls. You can take souls with you. You can't take anything else, but you could take souls with you. That's the reason why we encourage you to come soul winning on Saturday. So that at least you have some reward in heaven. Come on now. Isn't that what he said? He says this. Jesus said to all of his followers, If you truly desire to be my disciple, you must disown your life completely. That's hard for people to do. Come on now. We have a tendency to hold on to things. Embrace my cross as your own and surrender to my ways. For if you choose self-sacrifice, giving up your lives for my glory, you will embark on a discovery of more and more of true life. So in other words, he's not asking you to give up something that he's not going to replace with something better. Can you say amen? See, the key thing is it's really our hearts. And if the heart is the root of the problem, that's where God can do his greatest work. It's in our hearts. It's the heart issue. A pain is in the heart. Disappointment is in the heart. I mean, all of us in this room could probably stand, I wish I should have, could have, some point in our lives. Hello? But here's the deal. Our future is not in our past. Come on now. Today's a new day. Why? Because when I woke up, I ran right into his mercy and goodness. I mean, I got up and smacked, right? His mercies are new every morning. I just smacked right into... Come on, hello, somebody. I smacked right into his goodness and mercy because it was brand... Yesterday is gone. It'll never change. Hello, yesterday is gone. But guess what? At the moment and in my future... Can you say amen? Because if his mercies are new every morning. So every time you wake up, you wake <laughs> smacked right into his mercy. I like it. Can you say amen? amen? Number three, God's grace is greater than yielding to the world's enticements. 
God's grace is greater than yielding to the world's enticements. Mark chapter 4, 1 through 11 says this. Afterward, the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the lonely wilderness in order to reveal his strength against the accuser. Satan will come and he will test your strength because he's the accuser by going through the ordeal of testing. And after fasting for 40 days, Jesus was extremely weak and famished. Isn't that interesting? Most of the time we get attitudes is when we're weak and we're famished. Hungry at the end of the day. Haven't had anything to eat all day. Leave me alone. I'm fasting. Get spiritual. Leave me alone. Mm. <laughs> HCG can be a wonderful blessing, but other times it could be an awful curse. I'll just stay there right now. Hallelujah. Yes. <laughs> Usually, about the first three or four to HCG is when you lose weight. That's what it is. It's a weight loss. So, you know, HCG is that Holy Communion Ghost or something like that? HCG. Okay. It's a weight loss thing. I haven't experienced, but Pastor Marie has. Praise God. Amen. No, when you, when you, the first three or four days of a fast, that's when you're the most miserable. Just got awfully quiet in this Presbyterian church. Praise God. Amen. It's the truth. When you, when you start to fast, about the first three, three or four days, I, can I get a witness? Yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you'll, you'll get over the hunger pains and then about the 6th, 7th, 8th day, things, and about the 15th day is when you start really getting spiritual. I mean, it's... And you might have a few hiccups about the 15th day. I, I had a hiccup on the 16th day. I have to tell you that. Lord told me to go into... I've done two 40-day fasts. Just straight liquid, like milkshakes and shakes and juices and water. Two. I've done two. So the first 40-day fast that I did, about the 16th day... And what happens is, is you, you'll, you'll, you'll start waking up more. So in other words, like there's no food to digest overnight, and then you don't wake up tired. So you're just, you know, you, you need very little sleep. You'll work all day long, and then you'll wake up at 2 or 3 in the morning and maybe go back to bed at 6 and sleep for about 2 hours and get back up at 8 and then work all day long or do whatever you do. So about the 16th day, okay, so we were at our other house and uh, off of uh, County Line Road when we had an acre of land and there was another acre next to us and there was a burn pile. So, and it was getting huge, big, I mean, really, really big, okay? So I thought, man, you know. So I'm, I'm still in this, I'm about the 16th day about getting into my prayer time, spending time with God and all that kind of stuff because you're just forcing your flesh to submit. And that's what you're doing. You're forcing your flesh to submit to the will of God. Amen. So all of a sudden, you know, I got up at 2.30 in the morning and I thought, you know, I'm not even tired. I'm just going to go burn that burn pile, you know? <laughs> And so I, 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 took my, I took my Glock 19 and I put it in my hip pocket, you know, in my back pocket, you know, and got my shirt on and all that kind of stuff. And I got a hoodie because it was kind of, it was a little chilly. And so I thought, you know, just let me get some gasoline. So I started dousing this huge power with the gasoline, right? You know, I'm just, just dousing it. And I just thought, you know, just let me, you know. So I had my little lighter, right? All right, so I thought, it was probably about two minutes now, so all the, and the fumes are going. So I just say, oh, just let me light it, you know. So I knelt down like this. <laughs> I knelt down like this, turned my back, click. <laughs> click. 
Oh, man. Click. Woo! I mean, that's... I started running. I grabbed the gas can, threw it over there. I tripped. My gun went flying out of my pocket. I'm spread eagle on the ground. Burned all the hairs on my hand and everything. Got a little bit of singe on my eyebrow. And I'm laying spread eagle out in the middle of the field at 2.30 in the morning. And the first thought came to me. Stupid, stupid, stupid. And then the second one, thank God nobody's videoing this. <laughs> Nobody YouTubing this. I thought, oh my gosh, that was dumb. Really, you know, I'm trying to get to heaven and about went to hell. Praise God, amen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then it was really kind of funny because I did it burn, so I'm out there for four hours. All right, I'm out there. I can't go to sleep. You know, I'm about 16th day. I haven't had anything to eat, you know. And all of a sudden, the embers are going down and everything. And I was like, okay. And all of a sudden, this huge rat. I am not kidding. This sucker, he was about that big. And the tail was like that. So he was probably about, I'd say about that big. So he comes crawling out toward me. And he's like, you can tell he's smoke inhalated. I mean, he's kind of dry. And I thought, shoot it. No, no, but not shoot it. I'll wake everybody up. Um, and then suddenly the rat took off running. So I ran after him. He's like running. So I went, boom, and I missed. And then I kept on, and boom, he jumped, and I kicked that rat into the neighbor's yard. Things not to do while you're fasting. Praise God. This is what you don't do when you're prayer, when you're in prayer. And then I thought after the end of the day, I said, I should have just went to my prayer room for four hours. That's why that's why what I But what am I doing? I'm dealing with my flesh. Trying to put my trying to put my flesh under. Come on now. Give a brother a break. Man, I kicked that rat, man. I killed I killed it too. I killed it. He went, <laughs> I'm sorry, I would have kept it put it in a cage for you and brought it to church. Praise God. Here's your pet rat. Praise God. No, man. That thing was big, too. And then I put him up on top of the, you know, there was a piece of wood. And then later in the afternoon, I came by and he was gone. I think a hawk came. Yeah, a hawk came down. <laughs> hey, a free hey, barbecue. Praise God. <laughs> yeah. Amen. <laughs> No, God's grace is greater than yielding to the world enticements. Hey, listen, you know, you can tell how much flesh you're in. Come on now. And the things that we yield to. Listen, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. But you know what? That's the reason why we have to get closer to the Lord. And you, and you do that by spending time in praise and spending time in worship, you know? I mean, I was up early this morning, went and sat in the living room with Jesse, and I just started worshiping God, praying in the Holy Ghost. I get, you know, and then I went back to bed for two more hours and then got back up and then prayed in the Holy Ghost a little bit more. You know, during the day, these things you can do, worshiping God during the day, praying in the Holy Ghost, using the name of Jesus. These are tools of resistance. The Bible says resist the devil and he will flee from you in stark terror. Come on now. So it is possible to live pure and holy in an unholy world. Amen. Just don't yield to the devil's destructions. Can you say Amen. In 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10, it says this. The extraordinary level of revelations. This is the Apostle Paul. Watch this. The extraordinary level of revelations I've received is no reason for anyone to exalt me. 
For this is why a thorn in my flesh was given to me, the adversary messenger sent to harass me, keeping me from becoming arrogant. So in other words, there was a demon spirit that was assigned to Paul's ministry because of the revelations that he was getting out of the word of God. In actuality, the Bible says that he went to the Lord and he said, Can you take this from me? And he said, My grace is sufficient. So let's keep reading here. Watch this. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to relieve me of this. And he answered, My grace is always more than enough for you, and my power finds its full expression through your weakness. So he says, I glory in my weaknesses that Christ's power be made manifest. Why is that? Because when you're weak, he is strong. And his strength is made perfect in your weaknesses. So therefore, resist your weaknesses. But you could also glory in them and there you will find the power of Christ. Because it's Christ's power that helps you to overcome your weaknesses. So he goes on to say, So I will celebrate my weaknesses, for now I am weak, since more deeply the mighty power of Christ living in me. So I am not defeated by my weaknesses, but delighted. For when I feel my weaknesses and endure mistreatment, when I am surrounded with troubles on every side, and the face of persecution, because of the love for Christ, I am made yet stronger. For my weaknesses become a portal to God's power. My weaknesses become a portal to God's power. So you can resist because the power of God is in you. It's on the inside of you. He said my grace is sufficient. Grace is God's ability on our inability. God's grace is the ability of Almighty God to help us go through trials and tribulations. Now listen, trials and tribulations are much different than being attacked or tempted with sin. Yielding to our flesh. That's the reason why you have to put your flesh under. You have to put your flesh under. Because this thing loves pleasure. Listen, pleasurable is not wrong as long as it's in biblical perspective. In biblical limits. Come on now, but pleasure outside of biblical is called sin. And the wages of sin is what? Is death. And what happens is you begin to die spiritually... And then ultimately, you could open the door up to an attack of disease or anything, you die physically. So, we, so that's the reason why you have to stay in this word. I, I have not seen so much insanity in our government, and I'm 54, I'll be 54 in, in May. I, this is insane. They don't even make sense. The, the goberly gunk comes out of their mouths. You ask them a question and it takes them 10 minutes and then ultimately they don't even answer the question. They started talking about all kinds of whatever. That's insane. That's sanity. Truly, truly the insane have not yet been committed. I'm serious. When nobody asks you, answers a direct question, hello, and they give you a runaround and then they ultimately forget about the question that they actually asked. That's called insanity. If they were standing in front of a psychologist, they'll say, you have multiple personality disorder. You need to be locked up. Come on, hello. Hi, my name is Daryl. This is my other brother, Daryl. My other brother, Daryl. We all live together. We're the Daryl brothers. I was talking to a former FBI agent the other day, and he was saying... Um, one of the wealthy people that are in uh, South Tampa, they're sending their daughter to a special kind of exclusive 
high society school, all-girls school, and they're going through a class on gender identity. So they're able to stand up and they can actually declare who they are, whether they are a they or an it or a we or a what. Or a what. So one of them stands up and said, I want to be known as they. I thought, uh-oh. They? How many are you? <laughs> How many are they? I mean, I read one I read an article somewhere where this dude was like, he was like legion. Which is like three to six thousand devils. How would you like to be tormented and inhabited by three thousand devils? Who are you? We are they. <laughs> they? That's your first name, last name? Oh, they, they. Okay. Which, yo, yo, they, they. What up, sister? How many are in the they? They. We are they. That is insanity. Totally insane. And these are the college graduates that are going to be running our government in the future. We're just getting past the 60s group. <laughs> I'm serious. The ones that are in government right now came out of the 60s movement. It's the truth. Way too much PCP. <laughs> Too much LSD. <laughs> Lucy in the sky with diamonds. <laughs> you know, it's true. Come on now. So who wrote the song? I don't even know. What's the name of that group that wrote the song? Uh, good try. The Beatles, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. I guess Jesus Christ is still remembered and they've been forgotten. Praise God. Amen. Yeah. Look at some of the millennials. Who? Who are the, the Beatles? Is that a bug? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How many millennials know what a soundtrack is? Eight track, right? Eight track. Let's find out. Yo, bro, you know what an eight track is? <laughs> no, he's <just> not. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't know what an eight track is. Eight track. Daddy, what's an eight track? How many know what an LP is? Juan doesn't lift his hand. Juan, do you know what an LP is? What? 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 I don't know what it is. <laughs> you know what an eight track is? <laughs> no. <laughs> you don't even know Spanish. Juan, are you serious? You don't know what an eight track is? <laughs> wow. Juan, ever heard of the Beatles? One, the Beatles. The Beatles? He knows what a cassette is, right? <laughs> exactly. The pincer roller, right. Now you got it. Wow. 
So it is possible to live pure and holy in an unholy world. <laughs> you just have to, you just have to get, you have, to, you have to get into the Word. You have to get into the mind renewal. Praise God. Watch. This is the only thing that will keep you sane in these last days right here. And if you never read it and never put it in your heart, it won't keep you sane. Because people are going insane today. They really, really are. They, they don't have a mind. It's mind over matter. And if you don't have one, it doesn't really matter in the first place. Praise God. Amen. Can you say amen? amen. So living pure and holy in an unholy world, it is possible. Amen. You can do it. Can you say amen? amen? Come on, stand to your feet if you would.